I'm excited this morning because Carol always brings the word of the Lord. She represents the heart of the Father clearly. And let's be expectant for what God is going to say this morning. Thank you. Morning. <laughs> I hope this I don't normally bring this Bible to church because it's got lots of hopefully it won't all fall apart. Um this morning I'm actually doing something that I never thought I would do preaching. I'm gonna talk about footy. <laughs> Could you pop the photo up please? Yeah, this sort of footy. Um <clears throat> this week, uh, we had our grade 3s and 4s go to Gala Day. Um, Gala Day is where uh, the independent schools get together and we give, it's not, there's no score kept, there's no winner. It's about giving children an experience, exposing them to a sport and teamwork and skills. But I was given the job of coaching... And going with the league tag team. (laughs) This also came with the responsibility of refing a game which I knew nothing about. I looked online to try and find some clues. A a few things came up. I had a conversation with Adrian, but Adrian didn't know anything either. I talked to the PE teacher and she said, I'll find out some information for you. And I panicked just a little because it was completely out of my comfort zone. Completely. However, it did all end very well. <clears throat> we went on Monday and I took our children. Before, before I arrived, I knew this was going to happen. Um, AFL organisation provided all the gear, set up all the fields, and they provided referees. (laughs) Who knew what they were doing? (laughs) So I ended up just supervising and encouraging children to give their best. And we had a great day. But man, I learnt an awful lot. And I actually think I could do this now. Um, League has some distinctive rules. And when eight and nine-year-olds first start, they have no concept of throwing a ball backwards. They have no idea that you grab the tag that's hanging. They have tags hanging off them because you're not allowed to tackle when you're eight and nine. So they have to take the tag off. So to go for the tag and not the person, how to stand in a line spaced out and not bunch up. They just don't know. So when they first start, it doesn't look like a footy team. It looks like a group of children all standing around a ball. And they're not going anywhere. And I'll get back to that in a moment. But this happened probably about a month ago. I knew this was happening. And at the time, I was reading Second Chronicles. And I came across the scripture in verse 17 where it says, take your position and stand still. This verse always challenges me, and it's why I've bought this particular Bible. It's highlighted, it's underlined, it's got notes in the, in the column, you know, beside it. 
This always speaks to me every time I read it. It's a story about Jehoshaphat. Now, Jehoshaphat wasn't perfect and he didn't follow all the rules. But it tells us that he pleased the Lord. He set up worship in the temple again and he pleased the Lord. Chapter 20 outlines the story of a vast army. In fact, it was three armies coming against Jehoshaphat. And it tells us that he was terrified. He didn't go, oh, I've got this. (laughs) Bring it on. He was terrified. And he went and he begged the Lord for guidance. He called all the people to fast and seek the Lord. And he reminded God of his promises. Well, the Spirit of the Lord came upon a Levite. And he had a word for Jehoshaphat and the people of God. And if you've got your Bible, Second Chronicles 20, I'm going to read from verse 15. The Levite said, Listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Listen, King Jehoshaphat. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army. For the battle is not yours, but God's. We've sung that this morning. Tomorrow, march out against them. You will find them coming up through the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens into the wilderness of Jeruel. But you will not even need to fight. Take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. Then King Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshipping the Lord. Then the Levites from the clans of Kohath and Korah stood to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud shout. Early the next morning, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. On the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, Listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets, and you will succeed. After consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. At the very moment they began to sing and give praise, the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. Further down it says, not a single one of the enemy escaped. And down in verse 27, then all the men returned to Jerusalem with Jehoshaphat leading them, overjoyed that the Lord had given them victory over their enemies. They marched into Jerusalem to the music of harps, lyres and trumpets and they proceeded to the temple of God. A lot in there, isn't there? An awful lot in that passage of scripture. But the thing that I really want to focus on today is the verse that says, take your position. And this is where it links to my footy illustration. I realise in the spirit and in any game, 
You can only take your position when you know what your position is. You know, when the kids started playing, they all grouped and bunched around the ball and didn't go anywhere. They needed to learn to hold their line, to mark their player and to know to be in position to receive the ball. On Monday, the AFL refs actually coached and instructed during each of the games. And they played five games. The difference between game one and game five was phenomenal. Everyone was playing better. They had learnt some skill. And they were working as a team. So much more effective than what we were trying to do with them at school. As Christians... When, not if, but when we face challenges or when we have to make an important decision about what we get to be involved in, we need to know that God has a position for us. We need to know what our laneway is. And we, don't, and we need to be careful to not lose sight of that. If we do lose sight of it or if we don't know our position... It ends in us becoming frustrated, easy enemy for the pray, for um, easy prey for the enemy, and we don't make any progress. So this morning I've got three questions that we're going to look at. The first one is, do you know your position? Where have you been called to stand today? The Israelites had sought God and received a word from him that they would see their enemy defeated. They were encouraged to not be discouraged and to remember that the battle belonged to God. It didn't mean it wouldn't be challenging. I actually imagine they didn't know that God was going to cause them to fight amongst themselves. They actually had to go out and stand in front of their enemy, not knowing what God was about to do. They knew God was with them, but I can, I can imagine some of the emotions they were feeling. It's like us. We know God is with us, but it doesn't mean it's always easy. Jehoshaphat was terrified initially until he went into the presence of the Lord. In our battles... Our position isn't, position isn't actually what we're doing, but it's who we are, knowing who we are in Christ. It's been such a strong message this morning to know that we are redeemed, to know that we are saved by grace, to know that we are loved by the King. Ephesians 1 is one of my... Um, one of my life scriptures. Love the things that God says about us here. Ephesians 1, 3 to 8. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault 
in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. This is our position, who we are in him because of what he has done. A pivotal point in my walk with the Lord when I was a time when I was struggling with some issues from my past. And I was encouraged to go through scripture and write down all the things that it tells me about me in Christ. I had quite a long list on it was I am loved, I am chosen, I am accepted, I am worthy, I am a child of God. I am more than a conqueror. And I'd read this list periodically. One day I was reading the list to myself in the mirror. I got to the end of the list. And to be honest, I actually felt worse than when I'd started. I was having a bit of, we used to call it plombs, poor little old me syndrome. I felt Holy Spirit say to me, read it again. So I did. And again, and I did. And I felt the Holy Spirit now say to me, now say it as if you mean it. Well, I started to tell that woman in the mirror. I started to tell her who she is. Something that day shifted in the spirit. I actually started to have a revelation of who I am in Christ You know, we can read the Word, we can know the Word, but until we experience the Word and let it become a part of our being, until we do that, it doesn't have any power. As we allow His Word to work in us, we start to have a revelation of what it means. I started to understand my position and identity. You know, this is what Christ died for so that we could be whole and free and victorious. Our place in history is not by chance. Each one of us was born for such a time as this. To be alive in 2023 in the world with all that's going on in the world. God chose us to be alive today and to be positioned in him so that we can see our community transformed. But I became aware that there are things that distract us from our decision. You know, when the kids were playing footy, sometimes someone would run and they'd, be, they'd, they'd all still all go off to this one thing. To stay in their position, they're eight and nine. They did pretty well, but, you know, even adults struggle with that at times. It's so important to know the things that distract us. The things that take our eyes off 
who God has called us to be. You know, what's your first call when a challenge comes? When you get a doctor's report, that's not great. When you have a hard day at work, when you have a blue with your partner, or one of your children do something that you think, oh, how could this have ever happened? Sort of some of the things that I know that some of these things have been mine. Do you go to the fridge and get the chocolate? To the pantry to get the chips? Do you start watching a bit too much TV? Do you lock yourself away gaming? Do you separate yourself a bit from relationships of people who can speak into your life? Do you start to sleep too much? Do you avoid going out and spending time with people? Do you get busy with things? Or do you procrastinate and avoid? Or do you get consumed with the challenge that's before you? with worry. All of those things are distractions. And we need to know what they are because those things cause us to step out of our position. They cause us to step aside and take our eyes off the Lord. Last night as I was going to bed, I um, we read a devotion. Shane was on a late, so I was reading this. Um, just as I went to bed. Um, And this is what this lady says. It's talking about... Anyway, I'll read it. really spoke to me. Making the connection between my daily disciplines and my desire to pursue holiness is crucial. Holiness doesn't just deal with my spiritual life. It deals with every single part of my life. My body, my mind my relationships, my time. It is good for God's people to be put in a place of longing or a place of need so that they feel a slight desperation. Only then can we be empty enough and open enough to discover the holiness we were made for. And I like how she puts this. When we are stuffed full of other things, and never allow ourselves to be in a place of longing, we don't recognise the deeper spiritual battle going on. Satan wants to keep us distracted by making us chase one temporary filling after another. But God wants us to step back and let the emptying process have its way until we start desiring a holier approach to life. The gap between our frail discipline and God's available strength is bridged with nothing but a simple choice on our part to pursue him. Moment by moment, we have the choice to live in our own strength and risk failure or to reach across the gap and grab hold of God's unwavering strength. To not be full of stuff to not fill our minds and our hearts with stuff, but to fix our eyes on him.
Because when we fix our eyes on him and give him his rightful place, we slot into position. He helps us. You know, some of us, and I've had to do all of these at times, you know, if you're not sure of what your, um, the things that show that you might have got a little bit out of alignment, that you might have got a little bit of distracted, some of them are a lack of joy, a lack of prayer. Well, prayer is hard. Avoiding deep connections. Some of those might be an indicator that you've perhaps stepped slightly aside. And some of us need to let go when we find ourselves in that place, let go of rules and legality. Others of us need to actually start being a bit more disciplined. Need to pursue God more intentionally. You may need to write out a list like me and remind your soul who you are in Christ. Maybe you need to slow down and make more time for God so that we can get back into that right place. My second question today is how are you walking today? How is your gait? G-A-I-T. I've had an interesting term, working five days a week, covering two part-time jobs. Um, It's been challenging. I've actually had a few tears this term because there's been moments where I have been completely out of my depth and have felt totally overwhelmed. I have a few encouragers around me and unbeknownst to each of them, I would hear this, you've got this girl. I'm sitting in the car one day driving to school and Shane, would be he'd come home from night duty or he was off and I'm driving out and he's waving me off and I'm sitting here going, okay, here we go. I don't know what today's bringing, but here we go. And I'm going, yeah, I've got this. And one day I actually thought, yeah, I have got this. I have got this because God's got me. The only reason I've got this is because God's got me. And once you have that revelation, your step, your walk becomes less about you and more about him being with you. Jehoshaphat and the Israelites did three things throughout this passage that I read before. They walked in faith. They knew who their God was. They walked in prayer. They asked for help and they walked in praise. They worshipped him. They did all three before the battle. They did it during the battle and they did all three after the battle. They were totally committed and totally immersed in the purposes of God. You know, when we started training the kids for league, we tried teaching them skills And it was frustrating for them and us. There wasn't a lot of joy. Um, And we actually thought going to gala day was going to be a bit embarrassing. But they got into game mode. They were immersed. And while they were playing the game, they learned how to play. They learned how to run. They learned how to pass. They learned how to be strategic. 
And by the end, they were encouraging one another and playing as a team. Were they perfect? Are they going to be playing on TV one day? Probably not. But they had such joy and it was a great day. And like them, we can't learn how to walk this Christian life from the sidelines. We actually have to make a decision to get in the game, to be totally immersed. If you're here this morning and you're sitting on the edge wondering about this Christianity thing, the only way to know about it is to experience, to actually jump in, boots and all, and start running the race, start living the life, start experiencing God's love for you. And for those of us who know the Lord, not, some, not just in our prayer time in the morning, not just reading our word, but in every circumstance, coming to it with faith, coming to it with prayer and coming to it with praise, being totally immersed in the Lord's plans for us. Ephesians 3, uh, verse 16. This is Paul's prayer that um, the people in Ephesus would grow. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully, not with our heads, but with our hearts. Then, as that happens, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. As we immerse ourselves, as we experience his goodness, then... We will know his fullness and his power. That looks different for every person in this room. There's not a set way to follow the Lord. It looks different. And God has made us unique for a purpose. But our life needs to be grounded in faith, prayer and praise. My last question this morning is when we know our position and when we know how we're walking, we need to look at who or what is our motivation. And although the rules are important in a game, they're not enough to keep a person engaged. Rules are important or we have mayhem. Passion and commitment are what get people out of bed in the morning. Um, my niece represented New Zealand. She was the National Hammer champion for about five years, I know, and that's, you know, the thing where they around and throw this, <laughs> it's amazing to watch. And it looks so simple and it looks such a small, her competition is over in five minutes. And yet hundreds of hours, her diet, her sleep, her work, everything is affected by her goal. We have disciplines as Christians to help us grow. We have reading our Bibles, we have praying, we have coming to church. We know the disciplines. But them on their own are not enough. 
we can read our Bible. We can pray. We can come to church and have fellowship. But those things on their own are not enough if it's not for him and because of him. Our motivation in everything we do must be as a follower and a lover of Jesus and not simply a follower of rules and religion. The difference in verse 19, as we experience the love of God, as we live in it and we're immersed in it, then we will be made complete because it's all about him and what he has done. Our manual is not a playbook or a rule book, but an expression of God's love, an expression of the blessing that's available to us as we engage with him in the word. In every circumstance, will we always get it right? No, and that's okay. I wonder if the worship team could come back up, please. We're not always going to get it right, and that's okay. And we don't have to be anything or anyone other than who we are. But God loves us too much to leave us the way we are. His plans for us is good, and sometimes he brings challenges like that devotion I read. That place where we become desperate, where we empty ourselves and say, God, I need more. God, I need you to come through in this situation for me. His plans for us are good. He wants to see his kingdom come in our lives. As we understand who we are and the position that God has made available for us, as we live each day with a heart desiring to glorify Him, the promises will know His joy and His peace. It doesn't mean life will be easy. And I know some people here today are facing real challenges where the circumstances of those challenges can be overwhelming. But there's a place in his presence where he wants to meet with us and equip us to face those challenges. He wants us to see his salvation and his victory in every circumstances. So this morning, if you're in a battle, if you're in a challenge, if you feel you've been distracted and you've stepped aside from your position a little, today's the day for a realignment. Today's the day for a coming back into his presence because it's in his presence that we find everything we need. If you need a fresh word from God about your circumstances, if you just need to make a fresh, 
fresh commitment to come in faith, in prayer and praise. Take the time to do it this morning. If God's been tugging at your heart, go away with, get some prayer, go away with something, I need to do this. Get along someone, alongside someone who can help you be accountable. If you know there's a distraction that keeps tripping you up, tell someone about it. The things that I've got free from in my life are because I've been honest with someone and they've prayed with me and for me and checked in with me. Because God desires nothing less than his very best. So we could have sung The Battle Belongs, you know, and I'm going to fight on my knees, but I really thought, Let's give the Lord his rightful place this morning. We're going to sing the song where it's, um, you've never let me down. We're going to sing and we're actually going to actually do these three songs, these three things in this song. By faith we're declaring who God is. And in prayer, if you've got something, bring it to him and ask him to be the king of your heart. Ask him to come and show you his plan in that situation. And we're going to praise him. We're going to praise him. Because as we give him his rightful place, it helps us to slot into position and to see him. So if there's something that's on your heart that you would like prayer for, please come forward. If you've been away from the Lord, please come forward. God is longing to touch you today. If you don't know the Lord, come, we'd love to introduce you to the lover of your soul. But let's all stand. Let's all stand. We're going to sing King of My Heart.